Welcome to This is What Democracy Sounds Like. I'm Kevin Prang. This program is a presentation of Metropolitan Congregations United. MCU is a community organization that brings together religious congregations, community groups, and individuals to work for a common purpose, to create a better life for all residents of the St. Louis region. We work at the intersection of race, economy, political power, gender, and the structures of oppression at work within us individually, within our organization, and within the community. We are working towards building people's control of the government, building community control of the economy, expanding the public sphere, and creating structural racial equity. Today, our guests are Reverend Wendy Bruner, president of the board of MCU and the pastor at Peace United Church of Christ in Webster Groves, and Julie Burchett, an organizer with Churches Together for Justice in Webster Groves. Today, we're going to talk about the upcoming Maryland Stavanger Social Justice Symposium on April 2nd at Eaton Seminary in Webster Groves, and specific social justice actions taking place this week in that same community. Welcome, and thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Thanks. For those listening to our podcasts in other regions of the community or even the country, today we're going to talk pretty much about some pretty local uh, issues and talk about this small suburban community in St. Louis known as Webster Groves. But what it does do is it reflects a lot of issues happening in the wider region. So as you listen, think about how these issues play out where you live, because where you work go to school, lay your head, and cast your vote is where you have the most influence to work for justice. So with that note, let's talk about some things happening in the Webster Groves area this week. So let's start with the Maryland Stavanger Social Justice Symposium. It's happening on April 2nd. Reverend Bruner, remind us what this event is and what's happening this year. So this event, this is the second year that we're holding it. It is a a symposium, a social justice symposium that we are doing in memory of Marilyn Stavanger, Reverend Dr. Marilyn Stavanger, who uh, was a longtime member at Peace United Church of Christ and a faculty at Eden Theological Seminary. And her passions were around social justice. And so this seemed like a really good thing for us to do. This year, our symposium is called uh, Rooted in Justice, Claiming Our Dignity, Embracing Our Power. And it focuses a lot on uh, getting out to vote, using our power to, in the election forum, to see who who we want to have elected. So that's what we're going to be focusing on. And we've got some really wonderful speakers. They are Bethany Johnson Javois. She is the president and CEO of Deaconess Foundation. She is also a pastor of Monument of Faith Church of God in Christ in Jennings. Um, She'll be speaking to us. So will Denise Lieberman, who is the Director and General Counsel for the Missouri Voter Protection Coalition, and Reverend Dr. Uh, Clint McCann, who is an Evangelical Professor of Biblical Interpretation at Eden Theological Seminary. And the idea around the symposium this year, and hopefully towards the future, is that we want to find these intersections, right, between the Theological Academy, the Church, and faith-based organizing and how those three intersect and work together. And so that's the idea behind the symposium this year. Okay, and and listeners may uh, remember Pastor Bethany as someone we had talked to last year when uh, MCU did some canvassing in uh, Jennings and that led to an organized meeting to talk about issues in that community. So uh, that's that's a little bit of history there. Um, And uh, 
Denise Lieberman has been very prominent and active and an activist for voting rights throughout Missouri and the region. Um, and and she's a, a wonderful person that we get to hear from in, in person this year. Um, so I, I guess you, you touched on the one thing that this is, it's really trying to bring this, the, the action community together with the theological community and, and find out how those two mesh. Do you have any additional thoughts about how, how powerful that can be when we sort of bring those two uh, communities together? Well, so three, I guess, three communities together, right? So for me, it seems to me, right, that the seminary is the academic body, the teacher of what biblical the biblical mandate is, right? And so educates upcoming pastors or workers in ministry to that, right? So that's the, that education piece that's really, really important. So when people go out into the world as pastors or ministers in other areas, they have this rootedness in a theological mandate for justice. Then the church, right, is really important because that's the that's how it, that's how that uh, work for justice is made manifest, right? So what's being preached in the church? How, what is the work of the church uh, to, to be doing? And so that is where it all happens or from where it all happens. Uh, and then faith-based organizing is just the method, method of doing that, right? How do the congregations using the academic and theological understanding and their body how do they how do they go out into the world and and work for justice and that would be through faith based organizing and so that's how those three all tie together and it's just a really exciting kind of thing to think about that we would we'd actually intentionally place those things together and one of the things we're going to be doing on saturday the 2nd is as the title says finding our power and we're going to attempt to exercise some of that power that afternoon. So, Julie, tell us about what we're going to be doing on the afternoon of April 2nd. Well, we're going to be doing basically a call to action from the symposium. And we're going to be going out into North Webster, talking to people. And if they're not home, we'll put a door hanger on their door, encouraging them to make a plan to vote which is like the key thing. We're not, you know, advertising or campaigning for candidates. We can't do that, but we want everyone to have their voice heard. And we want to try to remind people who might not have um, thought this was an important election because, you know, it's just a local uh, election that it is indeed uh, a very important election. Every election is important and you need to do your research. You need to get through the disinformation, you know, and make sure you're not listening to false information. Um, make a plan, look at your voting guide and look at your sample ballot to decide who you want to um, vote for and what issues you want to vote for and then uh, get out there and vote on voting day. Um, so we have a flyer that we're putting into um, a door hanger. It kind of gives reminders for that. It also tells about if you need a ride where you can um, get a ride to the polls. Um, it gives some information about uh, where you can go to find out about polling places and uh, where you can find voters guides. Actually, right now we're in talks with the League of Women Voters to get some um, of their actual printed voting guides to put into our door hanger bags as well. So um, that's what we're gonna be out there doing. Hopefully we'll get to you know meet some people um, as we're going out through the neighborhoods and um, just talk to them and make sure that they have a plan for voting and just kind of see what their thoughts are about 
the election and um, how they see things going in our city. So um, I'm sure we'll be using that information as well to kind of help plan things going forward. Um, our group has also done some uh, other important voting work. Um, we've written about 300 postcards um, that are being sent out to registered voters in the North County area to remind them to vote. Um, and this is these are from the League of Women Voters. So we're helping them out by writing postcards and getting those out to their lists. And we've also been asked by the um, St. Louis Voter Protection Coalition to put out um, the voter protection um, signs at the polls on the on the uh, before the election. So we've got a group of volunteers who are very happy. Um, this is the first time we've done this, but uh, we've got like over ten volunteers who are going to go out and put out signs. And um, I think we're we're trying to do our bit to make sure that people are going out to vote and that it's fair and safe and people know where to go and can get their vote cast. This is all focused around get getting out the vote. We're, again, we're not advocating for one candidate or the other. This is about just go vote, participate. Why is that important to you, Julie? Oh, my goodness. Well, I recently retired and I was uh, an AP U.S. history teacher. And we talked a lot about, um, you know, in addition to history, the, the importance of our country and how it is set up and how our country runs. And one thing I always told my students was that it's you, you've got to go vote. It doesn't you know, I don't care how you vote. You know, you need to do your research and then you need to think about it and um, find someone who follows what your beliefs are and then get out there and vote. All, all of our voices need to be heard. That's that's the important thing. Don't think it's not important because it is important. Your vote will make a difference. Um, you know, we've know some elections just even in recent history that have come down to just a really very few number of votes to, to make the difference in who won and who, who did not win. So that that is why it's important to me. And it's also, you know, it's also a um, social justice issue, really, because there are so many um, things that are happening right now across our country and we, in Missouri, especially, you know, in Missouri, we have a lot that are tried to put put into our legal into our laws that would that would encourage certain communities not to vote. So um, we, we are very interested in trying to fight those. We're doing things. Our group also does a lot of um, legislative advocacy. So we're constantly sending out notices like everybody send your testimony to, you know, Jeff City on this issue or that issue and um, give them some talking points. We've even had some people go to Jeff City and testify in person to, to try to fight against these, these ways. And it's especially communities of color. Um, it is LGBTQ communities, it is young people, it is senior citizens. Um, there, there's a lot of laws that are trying to be put into place that will suppress the vote on these groups. So I think everybody, everybody has to have their voice heard. And as much as we can do to fight against ways to, that's, that that's not going to happen and to help people remember to get out there and vote. Um, I'm so happy that I found this group that, that we can work on that together. So uh, someone listening might say, well, this is this is a local vote and a small community in a corner of St. Louis County. What, what kind of issues are at play it may not even be on the ballot that uh, choices for uh, elected officials will will impact in the coming months? What, what types of things are we talking about, especially as they relate to social justice? Well, one of them, one of them is housing. 
in the Webster Groves community. And we have been, um, the city has done surveys and things and people have noticed that in our city, there's a, it seems to be a lot of, um, you know, as people move out of smaller homes, the developers come in or, um, and they, they put in a big, like people have been calling them McMansions. Um, and people have also, we've, our community has also voted um, in, a, in a prior election that they do not want to have um, duplexes, you know, within our community. Um, so I see that, I mean, that is a huge social justice issue because, you know, we're, tr it's like, we're pricing out, we're not having affordable and attainable housing for people, for all kinds of people that would like to come and live in Webster Groves. Um, so that is one thing that this local election is about the, the candidates. Um, it's definitely two-sided, um, two sides that have been arguing very hard um, about these different things. And that that is a huge thing right now with, with our housing. Uh, we have two mayoral candidates. So we're gonna elect a mayor. We have seats on the city council or there are, I believe seven candidates running for city council. Um, and then we have a lot of school board people running, candidates running. So there are two three-year positions for school board and one one-year position for school board. We've, we've had a lot of issues around that as well because of, I'm sure everyone's heard of the CRT issue that's being brought up. Our schools do not teach that, but it's being used, that, that term is being used to um, be kind of like a code for you know, racism. Um, so the, the, there are members that are candidates that are running for school board that are definitely um, trying to suppress the teaching of the whole truth, the hard truth in history classes. Um, there are candidates who are definitely for that and want to make, you know, as accessible and have as much training as possible for our teachers and administration. And, you know, so they can pass that along to the students. So that is, that's a big issue. This, you know, that is, that's huge. So people need to um, do the research on who the candidates are and what they stand for, um, and then make their choices very carefully. So one of the things that uh, Churches Together for Justice is doing when it comes to getting information is hosting an event on March 31st. And Julie, I'll, I'll focus on you one more time here. Tell okay. us about what's coming up on March 31st. Okay, so we are going to have a mayoral candidate conversation um, with just the two candidates for mayor. Um, you know, there's been a lot of forums happening in the area um, with, you know, they usually have the mayor and all the city council there together. You know, the event, even if it goes two hours, you know, it's a long amount of time, but even with that, the, the candidates don't get much time to talk. Um, so we're gonna do um, a deep, kind of a deep dive um, with just the mayoral candidates. And it will be on March 31st, that's a Thursday, um, seven to 8 p.m at Peace United Church of Christ here in Webster Groves. And we will be talking with the candidates and asking them questions like we've just been talking about here, about how they feel about housing issues, what they're gonna do to help bring our community together because it has been, um, it's become pretty much divided. I mean, um, in it, with this election even. So uh, those kinds of good questions that they're gonna have a, a, a longer amount of time to answer. Of course, the candidates will have the questions ahead of time, so they've had a chance to think about it and what they want to say and, and put out there for people to know about them. So I think that will be very informative. Um, you know, we get to hear them at the other forums for maybe five minutes, and um, 
that's not enough. You know, I think we need to hear more specifically for especially, you know, someone who's going to guide and lead our community. So Reverend Bruner, let, let's kind of tie this back into the, what we're, doing, we're, we're talking about at the symposium. How does, how does what's happening in Webster Groves with Churches Together for Justice sort of reflect what, what we're going to be bringing up at the symposium? Well, I, the first thing that comes to mind, particularly after Julie was talking, was this idea that some people don't think their vote counts or matters, right? There's a number of different reasons for that. And I think on the 2nd of April, we're going to really dig deeply into what that's about and begin to encourage people to recognize their power and the importance of them using their voice in this way, right, in, in voting. And I think that is the first step. I think the other piece of this symposium is, as Julia said, at the end of our symposium, we are going to act, right? So it's not just another opportunity to learn about something and to get resources. It's actually a challenge and a commitment to go out there and do the work and then hopefully pattern that in other areas of the area. Maybe not for the very local elections that are happening at the beginning of April, but we know that uh, 2022 is filled with elections. And so we want to be able to encourage people to make plans to get groups of people together in the communities that they're coming from who are attending this symposium to make plans to do that in their neighborhoods. And so I think that is that is the piece, right? That that's the organizing piece, right? That it's not just about talking, it's about doing, and it's about making change and uh, creating systemic change in the, our neighborhoods because that is really those local elections can are are the root of that change right and so we might think our vote might not count if we're voting for president or whatever particularly in the state of missouri but we do have an awful lot of power in local elections and we can make a change julie said that there sometimes the numbers are so small the difference between one candidate and another if you go out and vote you really have a lot of power to affect that change so that i think the symposium is really a vehicle for people to uh, understand that better and to contemplate what's keeping them from um, action and then to challenge them to commit to action. So another thing that that we at uh, Peace United Church of Christ are going to be working on this summer is Children's Defense Fund Freedom School is coming back. Reverend Bruner, tell us again, what is a freedom school and, and what happens there and when is it happening? Children's Defense Fund Freedom School is an opportunity for children of all ages, K through 12, not in Webster, but uh, uh, it can be nationally, K through 12, to receive and to participate in some a summer program that will stop some of that learning decline that happens in the summer. It's based on or uh, patterned after Freedom Summer of 1964, when folks went down to Mississippi and were trying to get people registered to vote. So you understand how there is a connection with what we're talking today about, about April 2nd and about voting and about empowering our young people to recognize the power they have so that when they're ready to vote, that they'll be able to do that, that they'll want to do that. But anyway, so what it is, it's seven weeks. We invite scholars here in Webster from kindergarten through rising fifth graders to come uh, into our church building and be part of a freedom school. And it involves um, wonderful, energetic, 
uh, chants and cheers. It's called Harambe, which gets everybody filled with energy and wanting to do stuff. The morning time, uh, scholars are uh, spend reading books together and not just any books, but books that uh, send a message of empowerment and reflect the children who are reading it. So a child might look, a scholar might look into that book, start reading the book and see themselves in the story, literally and symbolically, right? So it's really, really important to, to, to do that for children so they see themselves in the story and are not left out. And then uh, the other piece, it includes their families, right? It includes our congregation, includes the families to come once a week to talk about issues that are of concern to them and how they can affect change there. And it empowers the children. Children recognize that they do have a voice. They do have a responsibility to make their communities better. And so during the course of that seven weeks, the scholars will do an action. So uh, they've gone to visit the mayor before. They've written letters. We did a um, big, huge event downtown in St. Louis on children's hunger. There was work on stopping gun violence. And um, so every year there's a different theme that the young scholars are going to be addressing and they get to actually participate in those actions that will address those issues. And I think that's just really important. We are so terribly excited ab about having scholars in our midst and learning from them, listening to their voices and um, responding to what they would challenge us to do too. And Julie, as a former teacher, I'm sure that warms your heart. Oh my goodness, in, yes. In, in your experience, when a child has those reading skills and has and is engaged, what difference does that make in their participation socially overall? Oh my goodness, that that's the key right there. That is the key. So they have to be excited about it. And reading these books, they that Pastor Wendy's talking about. I mean, that sounds so wonderful. But the the thing that gets kids engaged and 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 interested and wanting to come back and wanting to keep learning is, is that action piece. You know, that is, that is the key thing. You know, you kids can't just sit in a seat and, and read or, you know, listen to somebody lecture. Um, it is the action that is going to get these kids engaged and, and, you know, truthfully, they will, they will, that's what they are going to remember. You know, five years down the line, they're, they're not probably may not remember the book that they read, they may have the idea of the book still kind of in them, but they won't remember probably the actual book, but they will remember when they went out to visit the mayor and they got to ask a question or something like that. And that that is so empowering um, to these kids. And that gets them going on um, what what their hopefully, you know, path to successful citizenship is, you know, active citizenship um, in their adult lives. So. I'm so excited we have Freedom School in Webster Groves because it's it's just an amazing program and the kids I can't even imagine how much they're going to get out of that program this summer. So one of the other ways that Freedom School engages uh, Children's Defense Fund Freedom School engages the community is that every morning um, a reader comes in to read a favorite book to the scholars. So we invite people from the community to come in to talk a little bit about what they do in the in their everyday work lives and then to read this story to the scholars and answer questions that the scholars might have about it or about them. This is a really great opportunity for scholars to see who they can become if they want that. And so that's another really important piece is that we 
are encouraging scholars to think about what what they're passionate about and what they would what they might think about doing with their lives in the future. I think that's just really really important to for our young people. Okay, wonderful. And let's close things out with uh, we've we've talked a little bit about uh, the, our little group here in Webster Grove Groves called Churches Together for Justice, and all three of us have been actively involved in that. Uh, so I'll just I'll I'll play the outsider when we have this discussion, but but tell us about how this came together and and uh, why you're excited about it. Peace UCC before COVID hit uh, would meet once a month uh, to talk about justice, to talk about how we can act in the world in just ways or how we can make justice happen in the world. That's sort of what we were doing. Then COVID hit. George Floyd was killed uh, by the police. And uh, a member of Peace decided that it would be really, really important for us to stand up for this injustice. So within a day, we were standing on the sidewalk doing a Black Lives Matter vigil. Our church was tagged with some graffiti that was racist. And all of a sudden, there were other churches, right, that wanted to participate in this vigil, this Black Lives Matter vigil. So up and down Lockwood, we had people from congregations, including the Presbyterian Church, which Julie is a part of, to start standing in vigil on Friday nights, just for 30 minutes, quietly standing in solidarity. Well, Peace then, during COVID, had started to meet once a week on Zoom to do this justice meeting. And we thought, what a great idea it would be if we invited the churches that were doing the vigils to come and join us for this justice meeting. Wouldn't it be cool to start building deeper relationships with people from congregations on our street? And that's what happened. And I'm just telling you, I don't even know what to say about this. Some of us haven't even ever met in person, but we're building these deep relationships. We have this common passion for justice. And not only that, but we're like, uh, being accountable to one another to do the work. So every week, Kevin, as you know, we are at, we are we are asked, what will you do this week? And the next week, we have to come back and say, here is what we did. And so it's a great way for us all to be accountable to one another and build these relationships that are powerful. And we know, right, power is about people and money. And we are trying to get both of those together to do this work. So I am just thrilled by this group. Uh, I am too. I mean, I look forward to Wednesday night meetings and, you know, I sit in meetings with a lot of different organizations, you know, both faith-based organizations and community, you know, organizing organizations, you know, voter protection organizations. I look forward to the Wednesday night meeting because this group is just so tremendous. Um, I remember when Wendy, I was passed an email along from my pastor from Wendy um, to see if we would be interested in joining a, the vigil. And, you know, our church had not done, they've been very interested in social justice and our church strongly believes in it, but there hadn't been a lot of action. And that was the point where um, I had just taken over as the co-chair of our advocacy team at my church. And I thought this would be a great, you know, ac activity. I mean, this is important and let's try to get some people involved in doing things. I'm a big person on actually doing things and not just talking. Talking and learning is awesome, but doing things is even better. So um, we got some folks from our church and, you know, we're, we're still out there standing on um, Friday night. So that's, that's how we kind of got involved. But I love how our group is 
I mean, it's just so inspirational to talk to these folks every Wednesday night and bring ideas to this group. And there's people that are excited. And, you know, like I said before, with just even something as small as writing postcards or putting election signs out, there's people that want to to get involved and do things, you know? So it's like, it's not like if I ever bring an idea, I think people are just going to go, oh yeah, that sounds great. And then they don't do anything. They, these people act and they, they volunteer and they go out there and, and walk the walk as well as talk the talk. I think our group has grown immensely in the like, what, two years, almost two years um, that we've been together, two years, probably in like this, this summer, you know, we started out just kind of talking about like, how, you know, what do you feel about different social justice issues, which was very powerful too at that time. And that was, you know, at the beginning of COVID and um, that was very powerful, but that has since turned into not just that, but all these other things that we're getting involved in. And I love the fact that we are um, kind of spreading, spreading out. You know, we started with just like maybe what three churches and now we've got six churches. Um, So that's, that's empowering. And we also, what I really like about this is that we are kind of coordinating and working with other groups who are interested in the same kind of topics that we are. So we do a lot of work with um, the Missouri Voter Protection Coalition and the St. Louis um, Area Voter Protection Coalition um, on voting rights. They have tremendous resources and um, they, they are planning and always doing something, some kind of action. So we've tied into that. We've tied into League of Women Voters. Um, it's just been incredible, like how we are, like Wendy was talking about, like we've kind of... Um, coalesced into this group with within ourselves and and now are reaching out and involving others and other types of groups in in our work. So yes, it's very exciting. One of the things that struck me is is I think or the group became energized when it was more than one congregation involved. I'm thinking about if you're listening to this program and you're outside of the Webster Groves area, encourage you to reach across those denominational lines. Because I think we're finding that we have a lot more in common than the the name that's that's on the front of the congregation. And when we've sort of crossed those lines and started working together, it's it's produced an energy that I don't think any of us could have on our own within our own congregations. And those relationships are very, very valuable right now. It was really interesting for, for me and so uplifting almost emotional when we got an email from uh, one of the people in our group that he and another woman from our group who had never personally met were at the same basketball tournament uh, out of town and they found each other, took a picture of each other and sent it back to our group. And it was this, for me, it was this wonderful realization, right? That we are actually, um, building these relationships that are deep and move outside of the work of justice, but that we are really becoming a community of people who trust and care for each other. And I think that makes it easier to do the work when we have people that we can trust and lean on. And it just makes it more fun, right? Like if we uh, are part of a group that we enjoy and like the people inside it, why, um, I think it makes the work more joyful too. So I just think there's some things that have happened that I would never have expected. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, I was just going to give an example of um, 
an, another collaboration that would never would never have happened without this group. So I work with um, our agape group. That's our high school age group. And um, one of the things that we were talking about last fall was um, the Afghanistan crisis and the Afghan refugees that were coming into um, into the United States and into Saint, the St. Louis area. And so I had met a, a young woman from who goes to Webster University who is, uh, was a refugee seven years ago. She wasn't one that came just, just this past um, year. But she was trying to raise money for the Afghan people back, back home. And so we connected and we decided the thing that we needed to do was like get some information out there to, to people. And so we um, let, and let them understand what was going on. And that would, you know, hopefully touch their hearts and, and they would want to take some action. So we um, got together with Emmanuel Episcopal's youth group and invited this young woman from um, Webster University to come and talk about her life in Afghanistan and then what it was like to be here as a, a new refugee, immigrant refugee, and then interact with the kids. So that would never have happened, you know, and that was a very powerful story that she told and it really impacted all the kids that from Emmanuel and from Webster Presbyterian when they heard that. So just those kinds of things, you know, those kinds of ways that were like reach just kind of reaching out and collaborating that we probably wouldn't have thought of if it hadn't been for this group. Okay. And Wendy, since our program is is based about uh Metropolitan Congregations United, oh. tell me how MCU sort of is, is a reason that we sort of bring it all together. So how do, how do these uh, organizations work together? Well, so MCU, Metropolitan Congregations United, is about faith-based organizing. And I think I said this before, it's about how do we build power both through people and money. So how Churches Together for Justice can be part of that work is that we are gathering people together, have gathered money together, and are are incorporating our work also into metropolitan congregations um, in, uh, work. So for, for instance, let me give you an example. A couple of weeks ago, there was a call to go to Jeff City to talk about some really important things that we had all worked on together, Medicaid expansion, the initiative petition process, lead and water, right, in the city of St. Louis, a number of different issues. Why there were seven people from Churches Together for Justice that showed up for Metropolitan Congregations United to go to Jefferson City and to talk to our senators and um, representatives about these particular concerns that we had. And I think that's just really important. So I think the difference between a group that would be talking about um, charitable stuff, and I'm not saying that's a, a bad thing, we've done some of that, right? So we've raised money to get uh, coupon or gift certificates to people who need it, particularly people from Afghanistan, but that we are also thinking not just about right now and uh, and making sure people have food to eat now, but working hard at making change in systems and structures that are racist and oppressive to people. And so that is the that is the important work and that is a bit of a difference between perhaps our group and other groups is that we really are looking at changing um, those kinds of structures and systems that create barriers for people and that's how metropolitan congregations united is helpful to us as a resource to us and we are part of their work so it's it's the way we can as the church do the work in the world is through this kind of 
uh, faith-based organizing. That'll pretty much uh, wrap us up for today. So I want to thank my guest today, Reverend Wendy Bruner, president of the board of MCU and pastor at Peace United Church of Christ in Webster Groves, and Julie Burchett, an organizer with Churches Together for Justice in Webster Groves. If you are ready to join MCU in the work for justice in the St. Louis area, contact us at 314-367-3484 or send an email to office at mcustl.com. You can also learn more and contribute to Metropolitan Congregations United at our website, mcustlewis.org. Also be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for news and events. I'm Kevin Prang, and you've been listening to This Is What Democracy Sounds Like. Tune in again next time, and thank you for listening.